Hello and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen three days a week in the offseason, five days a week during the season, free and available wherever it is that you get podcasts. Today's show, we're going to talk a little bit CBA. We're going to do another draft profile. Hey, we're on the eve of the Juco college baseball season. Do you realize that? That junior colleges will be starting tomorrow. It's the first Friday we'll have baseball. Uh, now, I don't get as deep into the Juco. Again, I'm going to remind you to go check out... Uh, Occasional podcast guest, Brian Sikowski from Perfect Game. He has Juco covered up and down better than anyone I know. That's going to be someone to go. That is your source for that. That's what I'm going to send you. Uh, college baseball is now just a few weeks away. We are getting close. Uh, before we get into the profile, I think right now all you need to say about where baseball is in terms of news is Gordon Beckham, uh, tongue-in-cheek, retired today. I don't know if you noticed that. He uh, he, I guess he's a co-worker of mine. He did some work, I know, over at uh, with Locked On this year. Now, Gordon Beckham hasn't played in the big league since 2019, but this story, you know, he, he was joking about it. Let's be honest. It was a joke. I appreciate the humor, but uh, sports and baseball-related websites are so hard up, everyone covered it. Gordon Beckham re- uh, retiring in 2022, he hasn't played since 2019, was literally a front page article across baseball. That's where we are right now. That's where we are. Uh, in terms of, you know, what's the update of the day uh, when it comes to collective bargaining, it seems like a draft lottery is going to happen for sure. We are going to see a draft lottery. Uh, right now, you know, we're kind of waiting to see uh, exactly what it's going to be, how far it's going to go. The players, I think, want all non playoff teams to get a, a chance at the Apple. Uh, where the owners wanted to just be the top eight. It seems like it's going a lot closer to the NBA style than the NHL style. Like the NHL style, you could win, and I think you could only move up like max 10 spots, whereas the NBA, if you don't make the playoffs, you you know anyone can jump up. So and we don't know if it's only going to be like one spot, if it's going to be multiple spots. All that's out there. But the fact is that they're arguing about thresholds for this means it's going to happen. Now, I'm going to point out again, Cleveland Indians are one of the rare teams. I used to have it memorized. don't remember exactly how many teams who have never had the first overall pick. Cleveland managed to be bad at all the wrong times. Uh, when they were truly awful, the worst team in baseball, it was always when it was the NL's year to pick first, you know, missing out. And then even when they were truly bad and, you know, could have had a top overall pick in their seasons, they weren't bad enough, you know, missing out on something like Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, in a year that they were supposed to be truly terrible. They managed to never get it right. They've never had the top overall pick. There is only one team that's never had the first or second overall pick in the draft, and that is the Boston Red Sox. I believe that still has not changed. But, yeah, when I was going through that, that's what stood out. Cleveland is picked second. Greg Swindell was the best of them. It's like Greg Swindell, Mark Lewis, and Rick Manning. Can't think if there's a fourth, but those three, top of my head. Uh, you know, Swindell turned into a very solid player. Manning was replacement level. I mean, he's been with the organization forever. One can argue, you know, we can talk about the whole Dennis Eckersley situation. I've already talked about it uh, once before on the podcast. Um, you know, the bad karma from that <laughs> seemed to last forever that Manning did more harm than help when it came to the Indians. But enough of that. Let's leave that in the past. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, they've never, Cleveland's never picked first overall. Uh, it's been a while since they've been truly terrible. And when they were truly terrible, it was this weird thing that forever, can you imagine that? Like in the NA, in the NFL, where, uh, it's the NLs, you know, it's the National League's, not National League, it's baseball. It's the NFC's year to pick first. So, sorry, you're, you you know, it was, 
I, I don't know the exact reasoning behind it, if I'm being honest. I don't know if it was some thought of, like, kind of making it uh, a little fairer. And it would go back and forth. So AL team, NL team, AL team, NL team. Uh, very weird. But it also would lead to situations where you could have a team, if one league was really bad, uh, you know, you could have much better teams drafting higher. Weird situation. Uh, not something we see anymore. But, yes, it seems like it's going to happen. We know that the players definitely seem like it's weird because the players typically don't care about things like this, right? Because these players get drafted and then they go to the minors and they're not part of the Major League ba- Major League Baseball Players Association because they're not part of Major League Baseball. Minor league players are their own thing. That's why right now you could have a minor league player. Minor league players can report. They can go and work with the team. They're not part of this lockout. Uh, so it's interesting that they seem to care about this, that this is something worth arguing about. I, I think they're trying to, the thought process is essentially they're trying to de-incentivize losing. But I also don't think that, I don't think teams are actively tanking. I don't think they really get that huge. I mean, the the I would argue the pool values are more valuable than the pick value because, I mean, how many of these top overall picks work out? Um, you do have a much better chance, a much better opportunity, and the hit rate of late has certainly been higher, but there's still a high risk of busting with major league draft picks, and even, you know, the best players, it takes a few years. It's not like they're right away, so I I understand the player's POV on this, uh, but I don't think it is necessarily going to change much. Like, I don't think the owner's it's going to really incentivize them, you know, or make, I don't think there's a big incentivization to lose. I don't think it's there. I don't think this will incentivize owners to not lose. I mean, you're still going to get the best chance of being the top overall pick. Uh, if you're the worst team, like that's still in place. Uh, if you're a guardians fan, the guardians seem very content to never pack it in. They want to try to compete. They want to, uh, to kind of have this never ending window as it were, Unfortunately, you know, you look at it, they have not made the postseason two of the last three years, and the one year they did make it was with expanded postseason. So this never-ending window, one could argue, has been closed. It has actually not been open because it's a three-year stretch where in typical seasons, you know, they wouldn't have made the postseason. So if you're a Guardians fan, a change that maybe would give them the opportunity to pick higher is beneficial. Uh, They don't really seem like a team that is going to uh, be picking near the top anytime soon unless they because I also just don't see them tearing everything down that's not how this organization set up it's not what they believe it doesn't seem to be something they'd even consider so yeah uh, this is good for the Guardians it's good for you if you're a fan of the Guardians Uh, it's overall impact is small it's overall impact on negotiations feels very small but I do think again two things that seem to be trending through this uh, is that there will be some kind of lotto. We don't know yet what, but it's also then gives Major League Baseball another thing they can televise in the offseason, so there is that. Uh, And that we will get some kind of increase for pre-arbitration player salaries. Uh, That seems to be agreement. And then when it comes to the draft, the other thing that seems to be uh, we'll probably get rid of draft pick compensation for loss of free agents, which again, Interestingly enough, the Indians have lost more than they've gained from draft pick compensation since the uh, current rules went into effect. So there is that. But yeah, that's that's what we're about. And now it's just luxury tax rates. You know, it's kind of the sticky wickets of it all. We're, 
we don't have any of these things where team where both sides have agreed. Like, okay, we got this together. Let's move to the next point. We just know what they what they're debating, where they're moving to the middle on, uh, what they're discussing, and you know, the it's interesting. We've not heard the salary floor in a while. So for as much as people want to put their belief in that, uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem very likely. And, you know, I haven't heard from some of the trolls who got really mad at me uh, when I said, I don't think this Indians team is going to spend $100 million just because Major League uh, Baseball trade rumor says they are. And why do I not hear from that loud grouping? Because right now we're in a lockout and the in-depth fans, uh, the people who really care and knew about baseball knew that wasn't the case. The surface fans who uh, who want to pretend like they know everything and pay attention for, you know, two months out of the year, uh, were the ones who definitely came out with the silliest points of views on this. None of our listeners, you know, listeners out there I know are uh, very solid people. And if you're listening in the offseason, obviously you have a depth of knowledge and care about baseball. But yeah, it just it never made any sense. And even with the new ownership, like I said, maybe they could sign Kyle Schwarber. That's kind of like the highest end of it, but I, I still don't see them going crazy. I don't see it going too nuts. You're just getting, uh, you know, 40% is a good amount of minority ownership. You still have 60% to essentially a lame duck ownership group that's probably more interested in uh, revenue stream than in winning anything. That You know, it's always been about revenue first, results second. The upside is part of the thing with them was they were like, okay, we would like good results. And occasionally they would pull out extra money for good results. But so we could, you know, add a Jay Bruce or the like. But really, at the end of the day, it was, you know, money first, everything else second. And when that group is on its way out, I don't think you're going to see them go crazy in spending trying to win a championship. I think you're more likely to see them do modest increases uh, agreed upon by the whole grouping, but still looking at revenue stream first and foremost. I know that's not the most positive thing. It's probably not what people want to hear, but that's what I'm thinking. Let's take a break come back and give you that college player profile maybe take a few questions from the at-home audience have you tried built bar yet and if you haven't why not if you like delicious tasting protein bars if you want a quick meal that's easy to eat on the go why wouldn't you go over to builtbar.com today i you know they have so many good flavors there's always something new there's always an event uh, right now they're new arrivals you got the churro the caramel macchiato the caramel almond delight eggnog coconut brownie chunk and coconut almond balls uh, factory second sales all bars discounted so right now you can go there and get i really like the crave that's a good one in terms of their factory seconds the blueberry is back in factory uh, factory uh, seconds and these are all good lots of paranormal pumpkin uh, the ruby chocolate oh rob sorry those are sold out but <laughs> Uh, you can still get the blueberry. You can get the crave. Those are ones that are fun. They're seasonal that you can't always get. And since they're a factory second and they're on sale, guess what? Not only can you do the discount, get them like the salted caramel box would normally be 40 bucks. It's 30 bucks. You could still get an additional 15% off. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15. So go check that out for yourself right now. It's a really good time to try Built Bar because you can double down. You can get you can get double the savings. You can get their own internal sale. Then you can use the promo code LOCKED15 and get an additional 15% off. It's a great tasting bar. It is healthy. It is good for you. It's a product I use, a product I buy, a product I enjoy. Go to BuiltBar.com. Remember that promo code is LOCKED15. Okay, let's come back and do another draft profile. Uh, you know, I went and I did the, re- of course, after I did the podcast, I was like, oh, I should probably, you know, spend some more time. So Connor... Jerpe. Jerpe was was the pitcher from Oregon State. 
talked about the interesting lefty who's very much an Indians type of arm. Let's go across the state. I mean, I don't know the exact geography of these schools, but I do know they are rivals. Let's go to the University of Oregon. Uh, you know, Oregon, this has definitely been a, in baseball, this is kind of an equivalency rivalry of something like Ohio State and Michigan has been the past few years, where, I mean, Oregon is just constantly getting beat up on, uh, is definitely the smaller school of the two. And, it, you know, we talked about all the great things that Oregon State does. The problem for them is, you know, the Pac-12 is essentially a, they're a tier three conference, maybe a tier two conference, uh, just because it's like, you know, there's, there's the SEC is in a tier in and of itself. And I'm almost tempted to put the ACC in a next tier all by itself and then putting the Big 12 and the Pac-12 in the next conference. And then I'd honestly have to take some time and look at it, but I feel like there are probably some mid-majors that are on the, the same level as uh, the Big Ten. The Big Ten is not a great conference, but Oregon, you know, they put together good teams, good programs. Uh, they traditionally have one to two interesting draft products. Uh, David Peterson, uh, the pit left-handed pitchers with the Mets, probably the most interesting one over the past few years. Though they've got a potential second rounder, maybe third rounder this year in Josh Kasevich. Now, one of the first things you have to point out when you're talking about a guy like this is, even though he had a really good year in the Pac-12, even though you know some people give him a first-round grade, I'm probably closer to a second, maybe a third, he ended up in the Northwoods League. So he didn't even get the invitation to like the high end wood bat league. He he went to the he was one of the best hitters in the Northwoods, and I mean I appreciate that because the Northwoods is ten minutes from my door, so that's the league I get to see, I get to go visit. But Kasevich is a good chance to stick at shortstop if he doesn't stick there at second base. But I would bet on him in shortstop, in shortstop at shortstop, uh, in the future. He's a he's an okay athlete, nothing great. I guess that's a thing. The one knock for me on him is it's like he's he's kind of a 50. You know, best case, you're looking at like 50 hit, 50 run, 50 field. Uh, you know, he's just kind of average, which, again, at shortstop, you can get away with, especially if you think he can stick at the position. He's, he's a little bit bigger at six foot two for the shortstop position. I don't know if he's really going to necessarily have power. One might think, oh, he's 6'2", maybe he'll get into some of that. It's never been there. That's probably the one grade where you're not grading him at a 50. Uh, so I'm not selling him, am I, at all. Uh, the walk percentage at 9, the strikeout percentage also at 9. So it does make him a little bit of someone the Indians might target. He's a high-contact hitter. If you are someone who uses contact-based models, he's going to test out a lot, lot higher than he would for me. I because and again I know the data states that you know walk rate is not all that predictive at these levels, uh, but I also think you know and his isn't bad, uh, it's not great, but I just I don't like the, the Ty Freeman profiles. You know I've stated before I'm going to be the low man on him uh, until he he makes me uh, you know makes it so I can't be. Just because it's hard when there isn't, you know, if you don't walk, you don't have enough speed, you don't have enough power, everything has to come from that contact rate. So, you know, if, if you're a place where, like, Ty Freeman is a top Indians prospect, you are probably a lot higher on John Kasevich of Oregon than I am because you think, oh, this guy can stick it short. He's going to hit enough. Uh, he is a decent enough athlete. He could, you know, be an everyday, maybe second division starter or shortstop. I, it's just a profile. I get nervous when those margins are very skinny. I've also talked about that, that a lot of people look at John Kasevich and go, oh, he's very safe. You know why? Because 
he's going to be no worse than a utility guy. He can play those spots well. He runs a bit. He hits a bit. Whereas I look at it and I go, you know, if he doesn't hit as well as you think, or if all of a sudden the strikeout rate rises when he leaves college, it just doesn't work. The profile falls apart and, uh, you know, he could end up being Ernie Clement, you know, a little bit less than Ernie Clement. Like Ernie Clement is a solid kind of bottom of your roster guy type, but he's not the guy you want out there getting all the at-bats. He's not, there's not enough of an upside ceiling. Now, apologies to my friend, Aaron Lieberman, who, you know, called him the sleeper in the system. And Aaron knows the system extremely well. So I'm not saying anything negative about Aaron's view or statement, but for me, I just, I don't see routes for certain guys to be successful, consistently successful. Let's put it that way. You know, I, it, Clement just struck me as more of a Mike Freeman type, if that's fair. And that's also what I kind of see here with Kasevich. Um There is a bit of a chance for a little bit more, but I don't think there's much of a chance. Like, he's not a guy I would ever expect to make an all-star game. Like, that's, unless it's like the Ron Coomer level of all-star game. Uh, you know, shout-outs to my fellow people, uh, 40 and older, who remember that. But... Yeah, he's going to be, like I said, I've seen people who have him rated top 10, uh, not top 10, first round in this class. And, you know, I I got to, I didn't really get to see much of him. I think I saw one at bat, the Northwoods League this year of him. I need to get some more. I need to dig into the numbers there. Maybe there's more to come. And, you know, he could absolutely have a huge breakout this year and make me eat my words and show more skills than we, than I think there are. And that happens all the time. You know, players, the sophomore to junior year jump is often much bigger than the freshman to sophomore year jump. So there's always that possibility. But yeah, so he is the the player I've yet to mention, yet to talk about, profile of the week, shortstop at Oregon, uh, Palo Alto kid. So check out John Kasevich. He's the top prospect there at Oregon. And we've now done Oregon and Oregon State. Maybe I'll keep going with some rivalry types for these profiles. But now that I've done that profile, let's take our second commercial break of the day, come back, and see what the mailbag has in store. And our other fantastic sponsor is betonline.ag. The promo code there is locked on, and when you use that promo code, you get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. I've been here since the start of the baseball channel. I've never seen a promo value that high at 50%. Why uh, should you use betonline.ag? If, you know, sportsbook is your game, They've got you covered. Whatever your sport, whatever it is, you're going to find it over at betonline.ag. And if you're not in a sports book, do you like Vegas games? Do you like casino games? Do you like poker? That is all over at betonline.ag. There are deals and things occurring at all times. It is a brand new website. And, you know, just as I stated, you can go there right now and find all the props for this weekend's playoff games. Go to betonline.ag. Remember that promo code is locked on to get a 5050% bonus. Check it out. Betonline.ag, promo code locked on. Okay, so I did get a few questions in the mailbag. Not a ton, a little bit light. Sometimes I feel like, you know, man, you guys aren't helping me out there. I, I, you know, I'm not, not trying to get a ton from you, but uh, I've sent out a few tweets. I know it's the offseason. I know it's the strike. We're just not getting a ton of data right now in general. But let's uh, let's get to them. So I have uh, first thank you for at Michael twenty to nine who uh, said that he loves the podcast. He noticed that Bieber's free agent year is twenty twenty five. Wasn't that the year you projected the Dolans being totally gone? Uh, what's the timing there? Chance the owners might make a splash. Uh, twenty twenty five 
his free agent year is 2025, so that means he would walk in 2025. 2026 is when the new owners would uh, take over majority ownership. So unfortunately, no. But there's nothing that says that they would not necessarily push for that. Like if they're nearing the uh, you know the end of their time, as it were, if they're getting ready to take over, they may not want to lose a Shane Bieber right as that's happening. Uh, they may not want to have, you know, one of the best pitchers in baseball go. They might tell, you know, Dolan that like, okay, then let's do a deal where incremental increases. You're not having to pay as much and it'll be more on us. So that could be there. Uh, I, I mean, there's a chance for a splash there. Um, so yay, no, you know, it's hard to say. Uh, but no, unfortunately he would be a free agent before new ownership kicks in is the case. But again, I don't think they're just going to sit back idle as that gets very close. So still a chance for a splash, but uh, the timeline doesn't quite match up. Uh, I do want to thank Seattle BB, who changed podcast platforms that had to one that had ratings so he could give us five stars on Spotify. Uh, his question today is, what is the floor and ceiling for Logan, Logan T. Allen, or as I call him, Logan Allen the Younger? Uh, I think the ceiling could be a two. Now, call me crazy, but the thing with Logan T. Allen is he always knew how to pitch. He always had the killer secondary offerings. He was a premium athlete from a small program, and he was a two-way guy. I mean, if he wasn't pitching, he was hitting. We saw how much improvement he had in year one in the minors, essentially, how quickly he moved. He may not be a star. I don't think he's an ace, but I, I think there is a chance for him to be a really good number two. Uh, just because you know he controls, he commands, and plus athleticism is the gift that keeps on giving. When a guy is a plus athlete, uh, there's always more to be found. There's always more that can be done, and it's very obvious that this guy just absolutely soaks up everything. And it's why I know it's been a while since I had guests on the show, but when I had guests on, guys like you know Brian Sikowski, um when I had Joe on, when I've had other uh, baseball draft people you know from d1 baseball from perfect game from baseball america logan t allen's name came up before the breakout because we all had reasons to really like him he was my highest rate i had him rate higher than carson tucker uh, most people did not but i did and it's just there were so many reasons he hit more home runs in college than garrett mitchell who went 18th to the brewers and was like potentially a plus power outfielder was the grade there uh logan t allen had more home runs in college uh when he again two-way guy concentrating on one thing uh, FIU is a perfectly good program but he's getting elite level coaching now after getting mid-major level pro, uh, coaching and concentrating on just pitching I, I think we're just starting to peel with him I don't think we've seen him peak this year uh, and if he is not a top 10 prospect on whatever prospect list you're looking at for the Guardians then you can just move on uh, can you talk more about Gavin Williams now that he's being ranked so high as a prospect sure Gavin Williams uh, is, sorry, I was reading the, the I, I, I went off there because he gave me four parts to his question, and I was reading some of the other parts there. You know, Gavin Williams is an electric type of talent. Like what he shooed, sh- what he shooed at East Carolina, what he showed at East Carolina, like every single time I revisited him, I moved him up the board. Like every single time I looked at him, I moved him up the board. It was interesting. I think Baseball Prospectus was the one who was super high on him. 
but I'm just want to pull up kind of like the numbers and stats. And he wasn't even like a great one in terms of the Indians and their age-based models. And that kind of is one of those things I like to look at. We know the Indians value age-based models, not quite as heavy as they used to, but they do still lean into those. And, you know, Williams turned 22 not long after the draft. So he's, you know, not necessarily old, but he wasn't young for the class. And, you know, he's a, a small school program. And it was his fourth year there. He was essentially, uh, which, you know, the COVID year knocked out some time for everyone. But you just look at the the data. You look at the raw numbers and you look at the strikeout rate over 14 with a walk rate barely over two. Guys couldn't hit him. The velocity kept getting better. The stuff looked sharper. And then, I mean, he just kept looking better and better and better. And every single time I made a draft list, he'd, he'd jump a spot. He'd jump a spot. I'd go watch a video. He'd jump a spot. And... When the Indians draft him, yes, I had players higher than him on my board. Uh, I'd have to go look. I can't remember my redraft if I kept him there or not. It would be a hard debate. Like, I had no problems. I'm like, okay, I like that pick. And what you like there is he's already missing a ton of bats. Again, small school, but he's already missing it. He's not walking guys. And with his limited reps, he just always got better. I mean, he's a guy who four years of college, 149 uh, innings. That's it. 81 this year. Three in the COVID season, 15 as a freshman, only 49. I should really sit down and maybe reevaluate my prospect list. I can't remember. I, you know, I didn't open that in front of me if he was in the top 10. Uh, he was close if he was not in the very high ceiling. I mean, I think he is still growing, not necessarily like in terms of like his size. I mean, I think he could probably add a little bit more to his frame, but he's just growing in terms of like his ability as a pitcher at such a high rate that. You know, if you told me he ended up being an ace in the future, I wouldn't be shocked. If you told me that he ended up being like a multi-time all-star, I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I I don't necessarily think that's the likely outcome, but it could be. It, like he has the ability to get there. He has just the pitch mix and the stuff, and like I said, the rate of improvement uh, to eventually be that type of guy. What should we make of Tanner Burns' first year in the minor leagues? He wasn't healthy. You know that that's the takeaway. Uh, had one of the best comments of the year about being a diehard Alabama fan, but you know, he wanted to play pro baseball, so he went to Auburn. Like, that's, that's about the sickest statement anyone's ever made uh, in that rivalry. The You know, he's going to get knocked because he was taken before Logan Allen, the younger, and paid more, I want to say. And then Logan Allen lapped him. Like, he stayed down at high A and he got hit hard. You know, the, the home run rate was up. He was developing pitches, though. He was working on other things. He was trying to get better. The Indians were definitely working with him uh, to continue to improve. My biggest concern with him, and the reason I was not as high, like I originally when I put him on my board, him and Logan Allen were a lot closer. I might have even first had him higher than Logan Allen because he was productive in the SEC. But the fact is that every year he wore down, and that was just my concern with him. And we saw him wear down a little bit last year. Uh, if I look at this, you know, the the Guardians are going to build him up, get him stronger, give him a chance as a starter. I wouldn't be shocked if long-term he ends up as a pen arm, but like a multi-inning pen weapon. I think he could be um, kind of that new age of reliever. I think in the right organization, you know, Cleveland doesn't really use openers. I think that could be a role for him as well. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm looking at that. And then his last part here, Richard uh, Palacios, better prospect than Ty Freeman. He walks, he hits. Um... You can make this case. Let's put it this way. 
Um, neither of them are great defenders. Palacios has better walk rates. He's been more successful at a higher level. He's a better athlete. He has more power potential. Um, and again, it boggles my mind that there are people who didn't think he should be protected. What he did going from Townsend to the big leagues to missing two years to getting up to AAA, I, I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't you know, play in 100 games this year in the big leagues. I mean, I shouldn't be because Terry Francona is still the manager and we've seen how they handle young players. But if you wanted to put uh, Richie Palacios ahead of Ty Freeman, I'd be like, you know, that's that's a ballsy move. That is a ballsy move. I don't hate it. Like, I get it. I get where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, Freeman just has that elite contact hit rate that no one else can touch. No one else can get near that. But Palacios might beat him in every other thing. Like, but that contact hit rate, if you are someone who, who just believes in that, I'm not as high, and that's why, again... I am significantly lower. Apparently, baseball prospectus isn't either because they didn't put him in uh, the top five prospects for the Guardians. So, if you want to make that case, I get it. I, I'm I'm not hating it. Let's again, let's put it that way. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of go around uh, at t- Tony uh, Muad, Anthony Pruensky. I'll get to yours. I just want to say thank you for submitting a question. I kind of got talkity on these first ones. Uh, I also wanted to come back up and give a quick, you know, Hiram asked a question and I will address that in a later podcast as well. So thank you, you too. I just got very chatty and, uh, talked a very long point on those other ones. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. Thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen every day during the off season, three days a week, but the rest of the time free and available every day where we get podcasts. I'm just going to keep on recommending Locked on Cavs, because, I mean, how fun are the Cavs right now? How fun are the Cavs? We're making, I'll say, you know, I'm not, why am I giving content? I'm already going over, but it's like, we'll make a list about, like, the five best athletes in Cleveland right now. My personal opinion, and it's, I'm not just, like, pure athleticism, just top sports stars. I think there's two on the Indians, two on the Cat, two on the Guardians, two on the Cavs, one on the Browns. That's my hot take. You can hit me up on my Twitter, at Draft. Try to predict who my five are. I don't think it should be all that hard, but I'll be curious to see who gets right, who does not. I want to thank you all for listening. Again, let's break 100 reviews on iTunes. We're like six away. If you listen on iTunes, just, you know, say Jeff does well, you know, and click five stars. I mean, I'm always going to want you to click five stars, but click whatever you feel. And, uh, you know, as always, thank you to all who download daily. That is such a big help for the show. Off-season numbers, they're hurting a little bit right now. We fell out of the, we fell out of the top 200 uh, last week we got back in, but we're like not even in the top 150. So do what you can, download when you can. I appreciate and love you all anyway. You are a fantastic fan base, and I appreciate all the kindness and support. Again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jeff MLB Draft. And as I say now, go, go, Guardians, go.